Welcome back for another edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Turkin, alongside my partner, Joe Serrera, as we get you set for the high school football slate for the week of October 12th. Well, Joe, uh, coming off a huge game last week, a giant win for Southeast Guilford, another monster matchup this week. It's number two against number three. Southeast travels to Eastern Guilford. Yeah, that was a very, very good win for Southeast Guilford last week. Uh, They played an unbeaten Southern Alamance team. A very emotional game. Uh, former Southeast coach uh, Fritz Hessenthal are coming back to uh, Bill Slayton Stadium, and Southern Alamance drove 67 yards on its opening possession, scored to go up, went for a two-point conversion, got it, eight nothing. Southeast shut him out the rest of the way, and then once Southeast got things rolling a little bit offensively, especially with uh, Jalen Fairley, the sophomore running back, he had 211 yards on 15 carries, and a couple of those were big carries, long runs late in the game where uh, Southern Alamance had to get people up at the line, and once he broke containment, he was gone. He's got that kind of speed, and Ryan Douglas and uh, Tyler Hoff with a big game, uh, again, when Southern Alamance had to load the box. They were able to hit them deep for a couple of long touchdown passes, and that was the difference in the game. All that game did, though, is raise the stakes this week. Number three, Eastern Guilford, is 6-1 uh, and one overall, 3-0 in the conference. And Joe Glass, first-year Eastern Guilford coach, he's got to have his team ready for this. It's a home game for the Wildcats, a huge game. Their sophomore quarterback, Kamel Smith, has gotten better and better each week, and the great thing with him is he's not turning the ball over. That's one of the things that they're asking him to do. They've got a good enough defense and enough playmakers, especially on the outside on offense. Guys like Nick Cheely, Justin Matthews, uh, another sophomore, the running back Hezekiah Newby. When he can break through the line, get to that second level, he's dangerous. So they're asking the quarterback to manage things. I think this could actually be a low-scoring game because these are two pretty good defenses, two very physical teams. And the the crazy thing is, the winner, the stakes are even higher. If it's if it's Southeast, they've pretty much won the conference. If it's Eastern Guilford, they go to Southern Alamance on October 19th, and it would just be another game. It's basically a three-week round robin to decide the mid-Piedmont 3A, and this is the second week, and it's going to be a good one. A very, very pivotal game in that conference. Now we move on to number 8, Northwest Guilford. Really, the surprise team uh, in the area for us at number 5, Page. Page, obviously, with a record that doesn't reflect its on-field accomplishments due to uh, some issues. However, Northwest Guilford, sitting at 4-4 four and four on the year, uh, this was a team that, at the beginning of the season, I don't think either one of us expected to really touch four wins. Yeah, we knew they, they would probably win their first couple of games simply because of the way their schedule was. But, uh, you know, they've had some some good wins. They're the only team that's beaten Southeast Guilford. It was a game where Southeast kind of let it get away. 28-27 Northwest win in overtime. Uh, Northwest with a decisive win uh, at home. Homecoming last uh, Friday night against High Point Central. Scored 44 points in that game. And they gave Reedsville, our number one team, all they could handle for most of that game. It was 21-14 in the fourth quarter, and Northwest had the ball. They couldn't score on that possession. They got pinned deep. It ended up being a 28-14 game. But uh, Kevin Wallace's team has has really bounced back from three straight losses and is, is playing pretty good football right now. And Page, you know, they had a week off last week uh, to think about how how – the first half of their season has gone. The forfeits, obviously, frustrating. But also two losses to uh, 
pretty good teams from Forsyth County. Reagan came in and shut down Page's offense. That was a 14-7 win for Reagan, and that may have given some teams a little bit of a blueprint for how to handle Page, how to contain them, not give up the big plays. And then East Forsyth, that was a game where East Forsyth came in and just dominated the Pirates at Marion Kirby Stadium. So now they've had a little bit of time to think about that game, to kind of reset after the forfeits that were because of two academically ineligible players. They need to win this game. I mean, Page really needs to win the conference and run the table, go 4-0 in the conference to really have a decent playoff seating. Well, uh, of course, this is Jared Rolfus's old ball club that he's going up against. Right. And the other thing is, you talk about on-field and the blueprint to beating Page. Page's issue right now is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, you can send three pass rushers against five guys and still get to Javondre Page. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. Yeah. And until that is rectified... Teams are either going to start rushing four or five guys, and it's going to be a real problem, or they're going to start blocking somebody. And until they do, Page is not going to be one of the upper echelon ball clubs. Yeah, it's everything starts up front. You know, we usually end up talking about, or I usually end up talking about, the big playmakers on offense and to some extent on defense. But it's it's the guys up front on the offensive line in the front six or seven or whatever whatever the layout is, the scheme is for that team on defense. Those are the the battles that decide a lot of these games, and that's been one thing that Page has had in recent years was a very strong offensive line. They had a, a three year starter at center, Nick Makovic, who anchored things, made a lot of calls for them and did some things, but he wasn't the only player. We knew they were going to be rebuilding it a little bit this year, but they're at the point now in the season where this may be who they are. I mean, it it may be getting a little bit late to get things turned around with uh, four regular season games left, all conference games for Page. It's still out there for them to win the Metro 4A, but it needs to start on Friday night if they're going to do that. Another huge game in the Metro 4A, number nine Grimsley visits High Point Central, uh, trip over to Simeon Stadium. Grimsley uh, Grimsley is looking like they may be turning the corner here. Yeah. Uh, last week, a uh, a win uh, that really back-to-back wins for the first time since 2013. Uh, the win for Grimsley at Ragsdale and, and a solid win at, at a pretty good Ragsdale team. That to me, as you said, is a sign that they've finally got things turned around. You know, they, They've got to be able to run the ball, and they've got a guy who can do that in Quan Nora. They've got a pretty solid quarterback in Christopher Zellis. They've got some guys up front. This is the kind of game that if Grimsley is going to be for real in the Metro 4A this year, they need to go on the road and win at High Point Central. Then they would have Page on uh, October 26th, and that game could be a lot more interesting if, if Grimsley can win this than it's been in recent years. I don't know if Grimsley has the horses yet to beat Page, but it would make it very interesting. High Point Central you know, has had a few decent games this year, but they seem to be fading a little bit, and if they're going to be any kind of factor at all and maybe make the playoffs, they've got to beat Grimsley on Friday night. One other game we want to touch on, Northeast Guilford uh, and Earl Bates on the uh, Let's Continue to Visit Our Old Schools Tour. Uh, we'll head to Moorhead. Yeah. Uh, Western Alamance is the clear favorite in the Mid-State 3A. Uh, they're going to be a hard team to beat. Their only loss this season was in their opener to Southern Alamance. Uh, but there are a bunch of teams that are 2-1 and one in the Mid-State 3A. Northern Guilford in the mix there. They're home against uh, Person this week, a winless Mid-State 3A team. Northeast Guilford, 2-1 and one in the conference. Moorhead, 2-1 and one in the conference. 
All of that is going to shake out as to who's the second place team, who's the third place team. You want to be in one of those two slots for playoff uh, purposes, but uh, Northeast, Guilford, or Moorhead, one of these teams is probably going to play itself into the playoff picture this week, and one might play itself out. Northeast has kind of been up and down. They've played pretty solid defense all year, which Earl Bates teams do, except for getting blown out by Northern Guilford. Northern Guilford rolled over them 42-14, to which uh, surprised me at the time. And then last week, a tough loss for Northern Guilford. They got way behind against Eastern Alamance, came almost all the way back, a 40-36 to loss. But Northeast Guilford has... Uh, a relatively young quarterback, a relatively young team at some positions, and I think they're still kind of feeling their way a little bit there. Moorhead uh, has had some pretty good games this year, almost beat Reedsville. They were they were trying a potential winning field goal on the last play of the game, blocked, run back for a touchdown. That made the final 20-13. to 13. I mean, that's that's a, as close as anybody's come to beating Reedsville. So, you know, that tells you a little bit about Moorhead's team. Lynn Stadler, longtime Rockingham County coach, he's been at Moorhead a few years now. He seems to kind of have it going up there. Not quite maybe the way Earl Bates did a few years ago when he had a deep playoff run, beat Havelock, beat some powerhouses. But you know, Moorhead's got some athletes, and this is the kind of game that if Moorhead is going to be a player for the rest of the year in the Mid-State 3A, they need to win. And Northeast is kind of getting to the point in the season where they need this game too. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. Make sure you follow along on Greensboro.com and HSExtra.com all week long as we get you set for the games. And follow us on Twitter at Turkin35 and at Joe Serrera NR. This has been another edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. Take care, everybody.